The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Wednesday edition. And we're so grateful that you've taken the time uh, to be with us as we continue in our study through the book of Ecclesiastes. Yesterday, as we were concluding those thoughts of contrast that Psalm gave us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we mentioned that we'd move ahead to a concluding thought. And really, it's not a concluding thought. It's verses 9 through 11. As, as Solomon gives a concluding thought to the first eight verses of Ecclesiastes 3. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to look at those. We're going to unpack them. And then from one of the... One of the books I read on this, this one author has some great three thoughts that kind of conclude it. I'm going to share those with you in a moment. Let's go ahead and read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 9. It says, What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So really what he starts with is he starts off back at verse 1. He talks about there's a time and a season for everything. So the simple premise we can look at. And he gives, you know, then seven more verses, a time for this and time for that. And he talks about a lot of the good and a lot of the bad. And so he kind of comes to a concluding thought. And he says, and everything that I have seen, really what we're looking at is no matter how much money you have, how much wealth you have, how much knowledge and wisdom you have, experience you have, the things that we just talked about, these last seven thoughts, seven verses, whatever, you look at that and say, these things are coming no matter what. You can't stop them. You can't change them. Each and every one of us from every walk of life are going to experience some really good things, some really bad things, are going to experience some things that don't make sense, are going to be asked to adapt to parts of life that are uncomfortable to us because that's life. And there's no amount of wealth or popularity or what, wisdom or anything. Now it's just going to stop that from happening. So then he comes in and he says, then what's the point? Well, let me give you a thought that I think is a very important, a great principle we can see from that thought is it's a simple decision we're going to make. Embrace the season now. Look at it and decide this is where God has me and I'm going to embrace the good of it. We mentioned that there's a positive and negative every season, and if all you do is focus on the negative, wishing things were better, well, you'll never see what is good around you at that time. And so you have to embrace it. Say, right now I choose to embrace the season God has me in and get all the good I can from it, learn from the bad I can, and then wait for God to take me to whatever season he has for me next. And so that it's a decision you will have to make. You know, when I, I, the last couple of weeks here in our area of the country, it's just been cold. I've been waiting for summer, waiting for warmth. To be honest, I'm just, you know, the other day, why we mentioned last week, the magnolia tree in our property was blooming. It was beautiful. And bam, the weekend came. Really, really cold temperatures and killed killed the tree, or at least, you know, killed all the leaves, the, the flowers on it. And I, it was frustrating. And I'm, I'm just done with it. And it's easy to only be consumed by the negative. And the key is you have to decide in those times of life not to be consumed by it. But then he gives uh, in verses 9 through 11. So he comes in, he says, so... Really, an all-important conclusion, what is the purpose? Okay. What, what, is, what is the profit of all the things that we have to learn? And the simple pro- one understanding is, we'll see here in a moment, is the profit really comes down to this. Where is your mindset? So we talk about the idea of having a biblical worldview and having a secular worldview. Let me explain what I mean by that. A secular worldview is we view history, we view science, we view social issues, all of this through a secular lens. Eh? What is 
politics say? What does world say? What do the celebrities say? What does culture tell us? How, how does culture tell us to view the things of the world? And so if we do that, we view from what celebrities tell us, what politicians tell us, there's not a whole lot of morality in that. They think there is, but there's not really. You've got people who are wealthy, most of whom, by the way, don't even follow their own own speech when they talk about saving the world and things like that. Most of them don't even, they're hypocrites in a lot of where they teach. They want us to follow it, but they don't. Sounds good, but in reality, that's not actually where they stand. Then there is the biblical worldview. And the biblical worldview is I I filter all of my view of society, of social issues, of science and of history and of math and politics through the Bible. What does the Bible say? And by the way, the Bible says something about everything. Remember it said earlier, we read that there's no new thing under the sun. So everything happening today, while it's different in its look of technology, things of that nature, the battles that we face, the heart conditions that we struggle with are no different than they were back in the days when the Bible was being written, when Solomon lived. So we look at all of it and say, what's important? The important part is if you look at everything from a secular worldview, you're going to be massively disappointed because no matter what you gain, no matter how much you learn, it's empty. Because it's in, the w- richest and wealthiest people battle the same battles as the people who have nothing. It's empty, and that's what he's talking about, vain. If I see this through a biblical review, what I can do is I can see, one, that God's in control, that God's doing something. And by the way, we'll see, as we read here in a moment, we don't always understand what that means. We can't really grasp what he's doing, but we grasp that he is in control, that he has a plan. And that's what we hold on to. Let's unpack these verses real quick. He says in verse 9, what profit hath he that worketh? He says, and all the things we do, we give our whole life to these things. Where's the profit? Well, if you just coming to the earth, just grabbing from this world what you can, there is no profit. Ultimately, it's very empty. Verse 10, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the men, to the sons of men to be exercised. Because I've seen the jobs. I've seen what God has created, how he's created this world to work. Verse 11, he hath made everything beautiful. Catch this phrase, in his time. Also, he has set the world. He has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Let me give you these three thoughts of what he says that, and as I mentioned from this book, that we can see in just verse 11, I think, great concluding thoughts. One, God has made everything appropriate in his time. Things will never work the way we think they should. I shouldn't say never, but they rarely work the way we do because we, by nature, are selfish. We, by nature, want things our way at a certain time and all these different things. And this is not the biblical approach. It's not the way God says it's going to be. One, we're human. God's divine. God's supreme. And so, therefore, God's plan is good. It's perfect. And his plan for your life and what's going on right now is good, which means wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, God has a plan there and a plan for something else. Whatever the end of your scenario is, he's got a plan. He's going to teach you through it. He's going to help you through it. So he's got a plan. So key we have to do. I have to be honest with you, probably in my life, one of the biggest battles in my Christian journey is embracing his timing. I'm an impulsive person. I like things done quickly and embracing, being patient to embrace God's timing is the biggest battle. So we stop and we abide in him and we allow ourselves to wait for his timing. Number two, God has put eternity into our hearts. He says in verse 11, um, he has set the world in their hearts. No man can find it's not about the world. We're all interested about the next, about what's ha- you know, about having eternal life, about what happens next. Uh, what about how do we live forever? This is, the world talks about this all the time. So God has created in us a desire for more than what this world can offer. One of the reasons the secular mindset <clears throat> is so empty and so vain is God created us to want more, to know that there is more. 
So we seek out everything the world can offer, and frankly, it's so empty because they're seeking just the surface stuff, and, it, it, and it's not how God designed any of us. I don't care if you're saved, unsaved, you believe in God, you want to claim God doesn't exist, whatever. You were created by God, and God created you with a need for more than what this world can offer. You need more. And so when you look at this, you say all things are empty. They are empty outside of God and what he is doing. Third thought, um, in this life, we cannot discover God's eternal plan. You say, well, that's discouraging. Well, no, God has an eternal plan. That's the first thing we say. So in this life, in, in the world can offer, we can't really understand what's really going on. What is the ultimate purpose? What is God really doing? You know, we try to use science as an answer, but be honest, well, that changes from day to day. People say it doesn't, but it's, it, most of it's got a political stint to it. We don't, why? Because most of, most of what they claim to be science today goes against Scripture. Uh, I mean, when, you know, babies, when they're born or when they're, when they're conceived, they are babies. <laughs> and the science wants us to say you can do whatever you want with it. You can. It's just wrong. And, you know, I won't go any further. We can go on a lot. What the Bible's already told us is true and science claims it's not. So we know that science is not even, it's got a tent. It's, let me get my political view and then push my science behind it. So we look at the world and it's just, it's empty. It's got a lot of lies. We look at the, from the word of God, then we can find out what the truth is. And that's where fulfillment, that's where what answers we're going to get in this earth are going to come from, from the Word of God, from God teaching us. Now, I know that you say, well, every religion thinks that. By the way, this is not about religion. This is about the Word of God. And, and frankly, if you actually get into some of these other religions and other churches, they don't teach the Bible, they don't preach the Bible, and they actually encourage you not to read the Bible. They claim it's too confusing for you. Many of them well, now are beginning to claim, even in some conservative realms, well, that, that's just our view of the Bible. There is no our view of the Bible. The Bible states what it states. And so that we find our answer right there in what we call a biblical worldview, filtering the world through the mind of God. Sounds, sounds easy, but it's unfortunately not. And why? Because the world's screaming at us all the time. So we need to allow the truth to be filtered through the Word of God. That's why we say it's so important to be in church and, and do th watch things like this and to, and to be in the Word of God because it helps us to learn that the world outside of God is empty. And they, they don't believe it, but it's true because just watch how, how most of them in, you know, struggle with just emptiness of life. The truth is found in the Word of God, is found in Christ, and that's where we can find our hope. So I hope that's where you're finding it today. If you're saved, I hope you continue to find there. If you've never called upon Jesus, you're not sure you're saved, the answer's not religion or church. It's found in Jesus, in Christ alone. And I hope that that is where you will begin to seek. If we can never be a help to you, we'd love you to reach out to us. Our, you know, bensalembaptist.org. You can go to our website. It's got our information on there. We'd love a chance to be able to encourage you and answer any questions you might have. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time to join us on this Wednesday. We'd invite you to join us tonight. We have our adult Bible study in the auditorium, our youth group and kids club meeting in their two respective places. And uh, we'd love to have a chance for you to bring your family and come join us. Uh, if you can't make it, for whatever reason we are, we do live stream the Bible study portion of the adults uh, Bible study. We're going through the parables of Jesus, our practical lessons, and I hope it'll be a help. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.